Welcome to the Love That For Us podcast. Come hang out with us as we explore a holistic approach to entrepreneurship, wellness, and navigating relationships in adulthood. We'll be getting vulnerable about life and dishing the business expertise we've learned along the way. Interviewing industry professionals, all while you get your weekly dose of girl talk and heart to hearts. We're your hosts, Carissa Emiko and Ashton Brooke. And this is the Love That For Us podcast. You're having a snow day over there and your kids are home. It is a snow day. I'm very happy though because it was a mud, like a mud pit. And so now it's mm-hmm. all frozen in snow. So it's good. I just don't Much know prettier. snow days. I don't know the life of snow days. They sound fun though. <laughs> they are fun. Like they're just like chill. You know? Mm-hmm. It's a good Well, vibe. welcome to the podcast, everybody. We have our friend Elise today. Yay! I'm so excited. You should I'm Elise so Meter, everyone. <laughs> You guys are my favorite people of all time, so I'm very. Excited. Are we? Are we saying your last name right, Elise yeah. Meter? I feel like I should know the answer to that, but just what if I've always been saying it wrong forever? No, that's correct. <laughs> that is correct. Uh, all right, so Elise is our good friend. We met. I'm like, when did you and I meet? We met at a retreat with our last company, I think, in person officially, right? Mm-hmm. But like, met on Instagram. Um, and initially, and we are all on the same team now in network marketing with our new company and you you guys are just the funnest to work with. It's so Um, fun. And then Elise is also a photographer. So we're in the photography world together. Okay. You don't shoot weddings anymore though, right? No. Like this is my first year. Me and Ashton align with that. We did align without even trying. Oh, yeah. You do. You have like three or four left this year. That's true. I'm like, I'm finishing out my career, but I I stopped booking them. But you're still doing families, like family shoots. Still do families, but I'm only doing like two a month this year. So it's going to be like so different. Oh, nice. That's going to be nice. I've never done that before. Yeah. So nice. I'm excited. Okay. So when I think of you, Elise, I think of grit and resilience and tenacity and all those words that are like that. And that's what we're going to be talking about today because honestly, you are just somebody I look up to so much in that way of just like get her done, like Mm -hmm. just get her done. No, just fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, (laughs) I feel like you hate people talking about you. Like I see so many times. Literally, I want to crawl out of my skin. Yeah. (laughs) It yeah. cracks me up like, because we're going to be doing that. So I just feel like to promise you, get used, get to, used it. to it. I know. I like really struggle with that. If you want to talk about weaknesses, that's one of mine. Maybe we but. should just turn this entire episode to an affirmation podcast for you and you just have to receive yes. affirmations. You're like, yeah, yeah kill no. me. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I know. It's I'm, I'm getting better. I I think maybe not, but it's fine. I can just see it all over your face. So I feel like I had to call it out. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so Elise, for everyone who doesn't know you, we would love for you to just walk us, give us the synopsis of you, your entrepreneurial journey, kind of an overview of the things you've done since the beginning of your time being a business owner and working for yourself and everything that comes with that. Yeah, that I honestly am excited to share that because it's been like such this like, I don't know, full circle now. So I went to college for um, pre-physical therapy, actually. And Whoa, I uh, did not know that. Yeah. I Well, but wait, it 
it didn't actually finish that way. Okay. okay. Half, halfway through, <laughs> they were like, it's a seven-year program. Now you have to get a doctorate. And I'm not like, in, I don't really love school. I'm not going to lie to you. So I was like, nope. Same, like, same. I'm not going to school for that long. So I switched to business and I transferred. And so I got my degree in business and marketing. And then I moved to Hawaii, like literally the second I graduated because my husband or boyfriend at the time lived there. He was in the SEAL teams in Hawaii. He had been there for like, I don't know, three years. And I moved there. And then I like immediately went down to Honolulu, like searching for some sort of like job that aligned with business and marketing. And I landed at like an insurance company and I was like an HR person. And it was like, like I literally took the bus to Honolulu for like, it was like a 50 minute commute <laughs> like every day. Wow. And it was just like, didn't really pay a lot at all, but whatever. Anyway, I did so that. So that was and like then, your first job out of college yeah. was like a nine to five HR job, which I literally cannot picture you doing for, a, for a second. second. No, like, were you miserable? Like, were you whatever? Like, how did you feel about having a desk job? So it was, it was commission based. It wasn't like the salaried position. So it was a little bit of like flexibility in there, which was cool. I really liked the people I worked with. So that was fun. And I liked working in Honolulu. So those were like the positives, but like, yeah, insurance isn't like the most riveting mm-hmm. topic. No. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I did that for a while and like, I couldn't, I really wanted to get a job in like a resort or something, but when you learn Hawaii, like they like to keep it local and actually really appreciate that. So I couldn't, yeah. there's no, there's no choice for me there. Um, so then we, when I moved back, I, I got, I ended up getting in, licensed in um, health accident and life insurance. And, oh and I worked with New York Life. Yeah. For eight years. And I was like a financial Whoa. advisor for eight years. Okay. This is coming back to me. I knew this part of your story. Yes. Yeah. So, but like, it was almost like I didn't know what else to do and I didn't really know like who I was, but I just like, I knew that I was super motivated by just like climbing the ladder and earning income. And I was independent in that way. And so like, I knew I wanted a job. Andrew was still in the military, but it like never, like it wasn't me at all. But anyways, here and there, those, those tests were so miserable and this will go into like grit and failure. It was like, maybe I failed like two, three times each test and it was like months of studying. And then I'd like fail by like two questions and I'd be like, great, like back to the drawing board here. But I ended up doing it. Like I never quit and I, I got all the licenses I needed. But I and that just, was commissions based too. Like that job was commissions. Commission okay. only. Like You're no a commission girly. That's, that's all I've ever known. <laughs> so it was like any work that I like did was directly correlated to my paycheck. So like I couldn't yeah. slack. Like there was no like phone it in today. It was like, no, you like have to yeah. show up and do this or you're not going to get paid. But the thing with that is like I had gotten pregnant right when – I got that job. So when I had my first, I have three boys and I commuted like to and from Boston. I was almost like an hour from Boston. And I remember like pumping in the bathrooms and like keeping my breast milk on like ice all day and like 
it was such a male saturated industry. And so like a lot of the people that I worked with, like didn't really understand the season of life that I was in. It just like, I felt when I look back, I felt like such a misfit, but I was also mm, like, yeah. I've always been so comfortable around men and boys. Like I have a brother. I've always been dad's girl. Like I feel like I resonate with Ashton and she shares yeah. all of her things. Um, <laughs> And like I have three boys and, you know, Andrew was in the SEAL teams and I was only around all of his dudes in the SEAL teams. And so it was fine, but it was like, this isn't like fulfilling me. I don't know. So there's this woman who mentored me and she was like a millionaire and she told me that I needed a nanny to be successful in that industry. And I remember just looking at her and I was pregnant with my second and I was just like, first of all, I can't afford a freaking a nanny. And also- yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, that's not my yeah. vision for my life. And so yeah. that's when I was kind of like, oh, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> so anyway, for, I did that for eight years and then it, it overlapped one like mother's day. Andrew gave me a camera, like a DSLR. And he was just like, here's camera. He was a sniper actually in the SEAL teams. So he wow. used cameras like that all the time. So he actually like knew how to use it. Like he knew how to shoot manual. Wait, so did you ask for a camera or was he like, I think no. you'd like this and bought you a camera? That's yeah. so crazy. Like wow. one gift that he just gave you totally changed the trajectory of your life and career. That's so yes. cool. Yes. It was really cool. My mom had just started like photography lessons. So there was like a little inspiration there, but like, I didn't know what I was doing. So I picked that up, started photographing my kids. And then I don't know, just like, you know, when you start a business and you start probably sooner than you should, like it I just like happens. I yeah. And yeah. I took on like paid clients and I was like, maybe I shouldn't do that. But anyway, I ended <laughs> up like doing that for a year and then I just resigned as a financial advisor. And so that was like when I realized like you can literally, you can create any life that you want. You don't have to like, I don't know. Like I think in my head, I thought I went to college for business. I should have like a career in business work for a corporate entity and like, climb the ladder and be promoted and do all these things. And it's like, no, like what makes you happy? What doesn't make you happy? I think a lot, I was commuting all the time. I was away from my, my family. And I was like, I don't even love this. <laughs> like I love helping people, but I didn't love it. So it was cool when I finally had that aha moment. And then I did photography for a long time. I still do, but there was a period, which I'm sure you, you guys can both like understand and resonate when I say that there's like such a burnout with <laughs> the photography industry in general. Like I yeah. couldn't yes. say no. Like I was just like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like nights, weekends, like, and then that led to a whole other realization where it was like, what am I doing? Like why? So I've always been really driven by like money and like being, you know, successful and like you know, being the best you can be at whatever you're choose, whatever field you're choosing to be in. But then that's when like network marketing came into play. My middle son actually was born with a cleft lip and palate. And we don't have any history of that in our background, like in our genetics. So when I read about birth defects, I learned that a lot of it is environmental factors. And that's when this company came in and I learned like to turn labels over and like read yeah. what the ingredients were. And I understood like, I don't want to bring these unnecessary toxins into my home. And it, it was like this whole movement. And I kind of shared that and just like took people along with me. And I think 
you know, that created a movement where people were like, I want, I don't want to, you know, bring that into my home either. I want to kind of ditch and switch and do these things too. Yeah. And I realized, oh, you can make an income with network marketing. And I have Mm -hmm. even more time to like cut back on photography and like, so I think ultimately my goal and what I'm clear on now is like time freedom. Like you live like right now in this moment and like you can, there's so many ways to make money. Like (laughs) there's so many different ways and you can do things you love while making money and free up time. And like, now that's just like my mission in life. (laughs) I didn't know that was your like intro to living just like a cleaner life because of your son. And like, that's really cool. Super inspired by him because I don't think I would have had that moment of like, Hey, like, do you realize you're bringing all this stuff into your home? And I feel like I've, I've always been fairly healthy. But yeah, I, I was kind of in the dark with that. I think a lot of people are in the dark with yeah. it. And they don't know like what what to look for and they don't know what to avoid and they don't know there's other alternatives. And so that was like yeah. one whole season of my life where I was just like so focused on that. And I feel like I have such a good grasp on that now And that led me to kind of another focus on my life, which is like more like, you know, my mental health and my, Mm -hmm. my body, like more inner, inner work, you know? Right. I love that you just became passionate about something that's good for your family. And you kind of dove into that whole like arena of health, wellness, ingredients. And like our last episode was about diversifying and creating new streams of income. And there's like, this is just a perfect example of like, that wasn't even really your intention to then make that a stream of income, but the opportunity was there and you grabbed onto it and then added that to your family's income streams. And yeah. just the door that that has opened up for you, even, I mean, how many years have you been doing that specific business now? It's been eight years in like network marketing. Whoa. That's wild. And it was, it's so funny that you say that because it was so organic. Like I didn't seek that out. Right. You were just like, I like these products and I'm going to share them because I can and make money from it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the person that I ended up enrolling with, like she was my friend and she was like, you know, you can just share your link when you're talking about it and like earn income. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Why, why not? And then I just kind of like, yeah unfolded. But I think that's like a good example of like always having an open mind, you know, Mm. like, yeah, I think I had an open mind to that and it's led right. Like you were just like ready to receive things where I think some people have like a tunnel vision on what their life needs to look like or expectations. And those are like boundaries or like bumpers on their life. And if you're living in a way where you're just like open to receive different business opportunities that come along the way, you're going to see them differently because you're open to them. And I do see you as a very open-handed person, at least like since I've known you, I just feel like you're, you just have that kind of attitude toward life, which I love. And I think is really attractive. Like even doing business with you or being a friend, like I think that's such a wonderful quality about people are, is just that open-mindedness, open-handedness to what does life have for you and just kind of trying things out. Um, We wanted to direct a lot of today's conversation about like, I'm also trying so hard not to say like so much on this podcast and I'm catching (laughs) myself. It's okay. (laughs) But I am actively 
conscious of that. We're aware of how much we say like once you start <gasps> recording a podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, if I can decrease by like 10% today, that's a win. It's a win. Anyways, so we want to ask you and kind of dive into failure and success and how those two can actually go hand in hand in a really positive way. And I think that you are going to share so beautifully the ways that in all of your years of business, even back in your corporate days, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of experience that that's brought to your life that I know is really valuable. So can you share some of your business failures or even your outlook on failure? How has that developed in you, this part of entrepreneurship that has in turn made you to be more of a business owner filled with grit and resilience? Yes. I love this topic so much because I think a lot of people are just scared to try something new because they're like, oh, well, what if I fail? It's like, well, yeah. honestly, you literally cannot find success unless right. you fail, period. Like they right. actually go hand in hand. Like mm -hmm. it's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? It's like failure or success. Like the you, if you succeed, it's first, inevitable. It's probably luck or like some gift that you had <laughs> yeah. that you didn't even know that existed, but you are willing to risk failing to try it, right? And see. Mm -hmm. So I think like I've failed so many different times. Like even when I just told you I probably started my photography career before I should have. I knew like <laughs> I probably could learn a lot more, but I'm ready. You guys talk about that, like imperfect action. Imperfect action yeah. has so much to do with like failing before you succeed. Yeah. And so, but like, that's like how you grew your photography business was those – I mean, that's – I feel like anybody that starts mm -hmm. any type of business, it's just like you're going to fuck up in the beginning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got yes. Like you're going to probably like feel really shitty about the way <laughs> – the way you handled something or showed up or the way you finished something. I mean, like I said, too, when I was going to get all my licenses for, you know, to be a financial advisor, God, it sucked walking out of that room, like knowing, because they give you your results right there. And it's mm -hmm. like you, you spend like weeks studying and it's like, oh, I failed this by three questions. It's like, mm -hmm. I have to freaking do this for another month and then do it again. But it's like, if I were to have just quit, like I had a great career. I, I did well. I provided for my family and it was something I wanted at the time. I wouldn't have had, I, I just feel like everybody sells their, not everybody, people sell their self, themselves short when they choose to avoid something because they're afraid of failure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And failure is part of it. Like you have to fail to succeed, period, end. Like I, I tell my kids that. Like you know how people are like practice makes perfect? Like practice makes improvement. It doesn't make perfect. Mm. And mm. I, I feel even the way that I show up today, it's like <laughs> I, fail, I fail as a mom when I like lose my temper multiple times a day, but I'm like self-aware enough to be like that was, that was bad at least. Like go apologize and like be better next time. Mm -hmm. I think I'm trying to think of like specific failures that I could share um, with you as far as business goes, but really, I mean, I can't, <laughs> I can't 
specific thing. <laughs> but really, nothing is coming to mind. Nothing actually coming to really, Wait a minute. No, but I love what you're – I appreciate what you're saying because it's similar. I have a like an analogy of riding a skateboard or trying some hobby like that. It would be literally so stupid if you were thinking, I'm going to ride a skateboard for the first time today and I'm not going to fall. And so you just like didn't wear pads or a helmet because you're just – it's going to be success up and up and up. That's so dumb. And I think we need to look at business the same way. And if you're actually going into riding the skateboard expecting to fall, you're going to wear your pads. You're going to put your helmet on. When you fall, it's not going to be as scary or shocking because you're like, yeah, I'm freaking learning how to skateboard, so I'm going to fall. And it makes getting back up that much easier. Where if you start a business and you think, I'm not going to fail, everything's going to go great. When it happens, because it's inevitable that you're going to fail, when that happens, it's like, oh no, like, am I not supposed to be doing this? As opposed to falling off a skateboard, you're like, well, of course I'm falling off a skateboard. I don't know how to ride a skateboard yet. Like that's, you know, and even people who are professionals at riding a skateboard, at skateboarding is probably the better way to say that, at skateboarding, (laughs) fall. They fall because they grow and they push themselves and they try and go off a higher drop. Right. Yeah. New tricks. Like even yeah. professionals are going to fail and fall and expect it when they're learning something new. And if you can have that grit to go into it ex- with the expectation of failure, just so it like doesn't beat you up as much, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think like, people too. Yeah. Go. Well, just you. this idea of the way you're talking about it is I think you're trying dis- to disarm failure in the mindset of all business owners, everyone pursuing a hobby, a sport, a skill. How can we mentally disarm failure in our approach to anything? Because as you were talking about skateboarding as an example, to get to the next level, there's going to, it's like you can't keep improving and, and leveling up without, without there being risk involved of failure, of falling or whatever. And so, Elise, like, what do you think it takes to approach failure, looking at it and disarming all that it means? Like, I think people put so much meaning into failure. And don't you think that that probably is the biggest roadblock for them moving forward and and trying something and risking something? Yeah, I think that people need to shift their perspective on failure. And so, like, when you fail at something, instead of like harping in all the ways that went wrong and like, how I don't know how I could ever do this. Like, I don't think I could ever make this work. Instead, just say, you know, well, I, I did that pretty good up until it failed here, or this is what I need to change next time in order to get a different outcome. I think a lot of rejection is tied to failure. Like, mm, yeah, I think, I think people are afraid of rejection. And so I think it's, it's almost like it's self-inflicted. Like if I fail, then I'm also like accepting all of this rejection. And I think it's just as simple as being like, it's just, it's just that perspective shift. Like every time I fail, I'm like, wow, I tried something new. Like I mm-hmm. grew just now through that because it was something new or something different, something I haven't tried before. Um, I think like I'm going back to my career now for a second, I used to have to cold call people. Like mm-hmm. I used to literally have to pick up the phone and be like, that'll build some grit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think working from a place where you're taking a huge risk, like 
if you can find some type of extra stream of income where you have to be paid like commission, where you're literally directly paid for the, the work that you put in, it's such a life lesson. Like, honestly, yeah. it's grit building. Yeah. It's like, you have to get nitty gritty. You have to understand that like 99% of people are going to say no, you're going to get rejected so many times. But then that one yes could be like life-changing, like boom, that's the one yes I needed that will last me throughout the entire year. I can hmm. accept a hundred more no's because that one yes was freaking awesome, you know? Yeah. Like, I think, I think that we also as humans like care so much about how others perceive us like, it's always like, oh, I want to do this, but I'm really afraid of like what they're going to think or what they're going to say, or, you know, like, is this annoying to people? I think a way to build grit is to like, do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Just do it anyway. Like, stop, stop caring so much about what everybody else thinks. Like, you almost lose yourself and your desires and your passion and your direction when you're constantly worrying about like how you're being perceived by everybody else. Yeah, it's you know, so like, true. I think I, I wish I could like get that across to every single human being, like mm-hmm. stop caring so much about what people yeah. think about you when like, yeah. A, you're probably not that important. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like, no, I, I nobody thinks my... about you as much as you do. Like no. you're, you're the one and, that's like, thinking about yourself I care about, about my friends, most. like my my close friends, like I care what you guys think. If I'm going to say something that's going to upset you, like I care. I care what my family thinks about me, but like overall in general, like I'm not thinking about what like a stranger's thinking about me or what an acquaintance is thinking about me. I'm just like showing up as me wanting to grow and like be a better version of myself every day. You know? Well, you already answered one of my questions, which was going to be, what is something that you wish for every entrepreneur, no matter where they're at in their business experience? And it sounds like you would say not caring what other people think. I think, and also just doing it, like go do it. And if it sucks, it sucks. And you can try again. And you keep going. And you keep going. Okay. Was there like, where did you learn this skill? Because this is a life skill that you have of this grit and resilience and perspective on failure. Have you always been this way? Was there a season in your life or like one lesson that led you here or was it how you were raised? Where did you learn this mindset from? It's like a, it's a combination of all of it. So my dad is like very gritty and like he's, he used to teach me lessons and like draw diagrams for me and be like, there's this pile of shit. Okay. And he'll like draw a pile of shit with like flies. And then there's this pile of shit. And you know, if, if you want to, oh, avoid like he would literally piles, draw literally piles of shit, like piles, piles of poop. Of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I and thought like, you were being symbolic, no, and then you started like, talking about flies, flies. <laughs> like literally okay. draw piles of shit, yeah, like okay. in high school. Following. Like when I was going through different things, and he'd like visually like show me how to navigate through, or like, do you want to be here in the piles of shit? Do you want to be over here? Do it. So I remember just having like really amazing conversations with my dad growing up. And my mom and dad are just like gritty people. But, and then mm-hmm. I married a freaking Navy SEAL. So hello. Right. That, <laughs> totally. that was like literally part of my daily life. Like you want to talk about mental resilience and toughness. Like I'm very, I've learned so much from him. But wow. then there's experiences in your life that you're, that just change you. Okay. We want to talk about failures, not in business, but failures as a human being. Like I drank a lot of alcohol in high school and college. <laughs> a lot. Like 
And <laughs> I get that that's normal to a degree. Like I used to get in fights, mostly because of my mouth. Like I didn't actually start them. <laughs> but like I get like there are multiple occasions where like my I've gotten like just giant black eyes and like just like gnarly stories oh where I'm like, gosh. wow, like cool. It, all with alcohol involved. Like horrible, horrible, horrible. But such great lessons learned that I'm so excited to like excited. I'm excited <laughs> to share these lessons with my three boys. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna be such an open book. Like there are two paths. Anyway. I had an internship in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was on Music Row, and it was so much fun. And I was like 22 years old. It was the end of college. I went out one night. I was staying with my lacrosse coach, and she was like, do not drink and drive. Period end. Like, everybody's told that, but don't do it here, especially. Really, really, really gnarly place to get a DUI. You don't want to do that. Okay. Well, I did because I'm an idiot. (laughs) And you're and, like, cool, going to go drink and drive. Yeah. Like one mile from where I was staying, I swerved over the fog lane, got pulled over, got arrested. And I got a DUI. I had to fly back. Like two months later, I had to fly back to Nashville to go to jail for three days. Literally <laughs> Wait, three days. You were in jail for three days? So what I was in jail was that, that like? night and then that got, you know, went back home and then had to fly back to serve my sentence, Okay. Oh my gosh. It's such a story though, because I was like, what? Like there are like two very clear directions that you can go in life. And I think like I failed, like I failed making a good decision that night. I failed making a good decision over and over in that period of time of my life. And I learned so much from it and I will never make that decision again. And if I, I think a lot of people can sit in their failure and sulk and like, yeah, define themselves by their failures and just be like, you know, this is who I am. Or you can literally be like, wow, I was like down that dark path for a minute. I saw and I was like, no, thank you. And I went the other way. And I have so many amazing lessons from that that I can now impart on my own children and, mm-hmm. you know, help others. So like, that's a fail. That was a, a life failure. But it's also like, really crazy story. Jail was like pretty fine. Like everybody was pretty nice. I I was everybody was a, nice in jail. I love that for you. Was pretty nice. But there were people in there that were in there for like four years for getting like four DUIs. Wow. It's like yeah. Like it's wild. And I, I think like um I do believe like experiences like you have to be willing to put yourself in a situation where you can experience you can experience failures and bad things not dangerous things but like you can't be afraid of it because yeah. you learn so much from it what does um today in your life because I feel like you you've been a very successful photographer you've been a successful in network marketing what does your day-to-day how does grit play a daily role or a weekly or monthly role in your life today in the place that you are in a business owner or even in like other experiences, relationships or parenting or anything? How do you see that play out in the place that you are right now? Well, I, Andrew and I, I keep talking about him, but like, seriously, we, we plan everything out together. We talk about everything together. We like have, we dream and scheme together. And I think like 
we aren't, we aren't complacent people. So for me, like, I don't ever want to be complacent and I always want to like better our situation and like better myself and, you know, be a better woman, be a better wife, be a better mother, be a better business owner, be, I think all of that requires like self-awareness, self-reflection. And then like, there are days where you literally want to just like crawl into a hole (laughs) and not show up and like, maybe take a hiatus from life. And I think when you can, you can dig down and like, sorry, dig deep and pull out that grit and show up even in times where you're feeling like drained. I don't know. Like, I think when I look at what we have and what we've done, I'm like, it's all because we just like stayed the course and we like stuck Mm -hmm. it out and we have grit and we don't stop. And we're always looking to better ourselves. And we're always like, you know, how do we create a legacy? How it's just like always, it's part of my day-to-day life, I think. Mm -hmm. Just... But what do you guys do very practically that does that? Is it like consistent connection with Andrew and talking about that and dreaming and scheming, but like how, what do you do on the outside that you feed yourself with? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a good question. Or is there anything specific? I do think I lean a lot on my partnership with him um, a lot. And I know that not everybody has that. So that's where it's hard for me. Like, I don't want to like yeah. go deep into that because like that's hard for people who don't have that. Yeah, but I feel like you and Andrew are both individually people that pursue personal development and have that grittiness and resilience as an individual, which is I'm sure a huge reason that you guys were attracted to each other to commit to lifelong partnership in general. And so I think even the things that you guys do, it's just second nature for you guys to hold each other accountable to that grit and resilience. And that's how you lead your family. That's how you lead your relationships. And so you've taken who you both already are individually as people. And now you're practicing that together in a partnership. So I feel like even people who are single or. (laughs) (laughs) That was so beautiful. Yeah. Well, I think like that's, that's so important. Like also random one-off dating advice, like don't marry a loser. Like, you know, like (laughs) seriously, like if you're going to partner with somebody and you're somebody that values self-development and growth, partner with somebody that also values that because then you're going to pull that out of each other. And I can tell that you and Andrew, Mm -hmm. just from being your friend and even hearing you right now, you guys do that for each other. And so it's almost like a non-negotiable in your household. Like this is just the standard of how we live. I can't even imagine the grit and resilience your boys are going to have as they grow into men with Andrew as their father, like a freaking so Navy cool. SEAL as their father. That's <laughs> what I hope. We have this family creed and and it's been since like they've been little. It's like, um, what's the number one rule? Listen, how do you get better? Work hard. When are you the strongest? When you work together? Um, what does integrity mean? Do the right thing when nobody's watching. And they like repeat it to us. And so like, I hope that they can live that way. But then also we have to like literally exemplify that every day so when you just said wait did you make that up and you guys write that okay i'm gonna i want you to text that to me because that's also gonna be my family (laughs) it's so good and like i think the other day like somebody in um like maybe a couple months ago somebody in abel's class he's seven he's in first grade they were talking about integrity and she was like does anybody know what integrity means and abel raised his hand and he was like doing the right thing when nobody's watching Stop. and she was like <laughs> like shocked and we were like yes 
That's but, so sweet. Oh my when you gosh, just said so cute. accountability, like find an accountability partner. I think that's what's so yeah. amazing about this community. Like we have such an incredible community of of what like so who do you surround yourself with? Like our friends that are the community are the dude. Next level. Sorry. I don't know what just happened. Can what? you hear that? Oh, sorry. No. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> Siri just went off. Um, oh, you're going. Oh, couldn't hear what it I all. was going to say. Oh, surround yourself by with with a community that just lifts you up and that always makes yeah. you want to be the best the best version of yourself and level up. And I think we have that. Like we've we've found that, and it's like something that I don't take for granted or lightly. Like I know this isn't going to last forever. Like what we have right now, we all kind of work closely together. But like if you can surround yourself with people that are always trying to improve themselves, then you have no choice but to improve yourself. You have no choice but to step outside of your comfort zone and try new things. And and then grit literally just comes with all of those trial and errors. Which I love that picture for people who aren't married or aren't in a partnership with someone because it that applies to friendship and community no matter your marital status, you know, like right. surrounding yourself with people. And Kristen, maybe you, I don't know if you quoted this <laughs> in our like work circle or on this podcast, but you know, if you're hanging out with four losers, you will be the fifth. Yeah. Or if you're hanging out with four winners, like you'll find yourself being the fifth winner right. because of just who you're surrounding yourself with. And you do, I totally feel that in the work that we do, you know, we're always chasing business success, but in a way that is so personally developing. And I feel that that is such a wonderful win in my life is even no matter where my businesses are, if I'm surrounded by people who are lifting me up, encouraging me, pushing me, um, which you both have done separately and together. And it's, it is how I found myself really proud of personal development, no matter where business or money is in my life. I feel very grateful to that. That is a lane that I'm winning in when I'm focusing on personal growth development and change. And then business, I think follows that. And I, I think you guys are such great examples of people who always lean into that and your businesses succeed and thrive because you've prioritized those things. Thank Likewise, passion. <laughs> well, that's that's what's so cool about our industry and network marketing, honestly, is you're like, I'm going to join a community where personal development is the norm and the go-to and I'm held accountable to these mindsets. It's next level. And if you are with a team in this industry that does that, you get it. Like you are called to a higher level of who you are every single day. And that's the people we're surrounding ourselves with. Like we Mm -hmm. get to be that fifth winner because we're in a circle of winners Mm -hmm. (laughs) literally every day. Or when you fall off the skateboard, when you fail, you have an army of people around you that are there for you to say like, we're going to help you up. And that wasn't a, that wasn't a fail. That was just a fall. And let's, how can we grow from that? Like you have just all these people ready to do that for you and you don't have to do it alone. And it's so cool. So if you're not in a community where that exists, like get yourself in a community where that exists. Wait, I want that to be a tagline, not a fail, just a fall. 
Ooh, yes. I'll make stickers. <laughs> That's so good. I Is that our new uh, motto? Love that for us. Not love that for us. <laughs> So good. <laughs> it isn't though. It's not a fail. It's just a fall. That's like life. Like what even constitutes yeah. as a failure? Right. 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 Great question, like, Elise. Like what? Like I don't Who said that yeah, was a because, failure? Because right. the connotation of failure is like this dead end. It's like you didn't yeah. do it, the end. And that's it's literally just a stepping stone. Failure is just a stepping stone on the way to success. And here's what's interesting about success is there's never a point where you reach it and there's no more failure. Like we were talking about earlier. Like right. you become successful. And to become more successful, you have to fail. It's like the price of success is failure. That just is going to happen. And yeah. that expectation of doing it is of, – of failing, the expectation of failing is ironically what leads to more success. Like you yeah, just have to know it's going to happen. Ironically. I think it's like your relationship with failure too just gets like stronger and closer. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's healthy fails and unhealthy fails because – you know, like there's certain things where it's like, yeah, that was yeah. a fail. <laughs> Try not to fail but, in that area. <laughs> right, right. Like over and over again. Okay, that yeah. might be a problem at this point. Yeah. But I think that if you're always trying, like if in the back of your mind, you're always like, I'm trying to be a better version of myself. I'm trying to improve. I'm trying this new thing because it's going to make me better or help other people. And you fall short of that, like, yeah, it's a, you fall short. You don't fail. And you're just going to be that much right. closer the next time you try. Not a fail, just a fall. Not a fail, I just a fall. That. I'm also going to take this skateboarding analogy and beat <laughs> One it. One step further. Beat it. What's the saying? Beat it like a dead beat, horse. Beat, yeah. there beat you go. the dead horse a bit. Because, yeah. <laughs> okay, I just had a whole other branch of this analogy come up. Seriously. Because I think, too, when you fail, if you're – you fall. You fall off your skateboard. You're like, oh, I guess I didn't do that right. Like you have to learn from it, right? And it's not like, oh, that's not for me. I guess I should do a different trick. It's like, no, I'm going to fall on my ass 30 more times doing the same trick to get it a little bit right one time. And Mm so looking at the comeback of the failure, not just the failure in the fall. And it's not like, okay, that didn't work. On to the next trick. No, you're going to keep you're going to keep falling. You're going to keep falling as you learn to hone this one thing. And that's just how it goes. That's literally how success goes. And when you talked about cold calling, people who see the success of your one sale probably aren't seeing the 99 rejected calls that you had. And that's also such a negative part of comparison in business and life is to see someone's success only for what success is, is to miss out on the amount of times that they fell and to dismiss that is such a disgrace to that person's experience and time spent in business. Do not assume or just look at that person and all of all that they've done. And maybe you're looking up to them, but it's like, you have to include those failures, whether you see them or not, you have to know that that is part of their journey or else, you know, that's just not realistic. So yeah, I like your cold call example. I saw something that it was like you succeed in front of everyone and you fail alone because Mm. like so many times, like when you're working towards something, you know, like you put in hours and hours, like either mentally or physically or whatever it is, and you come short alone. And a lot of the times you have to like pull yourself back up and be like, try again, try again, try again. 
And then everybody sees when you finally succeed and they're like, oh my God, like she has, she has what I, what I want. I don't know how she got there or whatever the, the mindset is, but it's like, oh my gosh, if we could all just get more raw and real with how many times we've all fallen down and then had Mm -hmm. to have enough like grit to pick ourselves up over and over and over and over again. And so we're almost like beaten, beaten and destroyed. And then we're (laughs) held on like a pedestal when we succeed, like we're this like phenomenon, but it's like, no, yeah, we just like didn't quit. We just kept going. Yeah. You know? And I, I liked that. I liked that. This is so inspiring. I love it so much. I'm going to listen to this episode. Same. So many times. As a third party (laughs) outsider and pretend we're not talking. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You guys are coming with the good stuff. I'm telling you. Thank you so much. We knew this would be such a good topic. I know. You're our favorite person to talk about grit and resilience with because you inspire us daily. Honestly, if you want a part two, we'll get Andrew in here and he'll tell you. He's like filled with so many good things. We need need Andrew in here. Like grit and resilience advice from a Navy SEAL, (laughs) from a sniper. Why not? He can apply it to like everyday things. So it's not, you know, military. (laughs) No, that's happening. That's 100% happening. Okay. We are so grateful for you. We have something we do with our guests called sort of speed round. And we call it sort of speed round because the questions get deeper and deeper. And sometimes we don't just want to gloss over to the next question when you reveal something deep about your life. (laughs) Okay. But um, good luck. Great. <laughs> Good luck and here we go. Yeah, Good luck okay. and here we go. It starts really easy. What's your current go-to snack? Oh my god. Um what they're the Pico de Gallo tortilla chips. I don't know Ooh, what brand yeah. from where. But they're freaking delicious. I don't remember. It's a red bag. Wait. Okay. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Okay, I need a cool. brand they're name. No, that's okay. They're they're so good. <laughs> what is the favorite place you've visited? Oh, that's great. The most Galapagos. favorite. I did not I think the Galapagos. Oh, Ooh, there were like been. penguins, like wild penguins right in front of me. I went snorkeling and a sea lion was like, I could touch him and like a wild flamingo. What? Like in the Ooh, wild. So a cool. wild flamingo. Yeah. Like we love. that stuff's we love. so cool. It's like this weird spot where like all of the animals live. It's like a safari, but like a tropical safari. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. Okay. What's a current favorite product that you're into right now? Hmm, that's a great question. Well, I just got this Rare Beauty um, lip oil. Lip oil. The lip oil. It's so good. What it color is, is that? It's great. Um, this is Honesty. Oh, Honest. Honesty. That's. I think that's the one I wear almost every day. Wait, Ashton, it's I know. Good. I never asked you. You used mine in Nashville. Did you like it? The stain? Yeah. It's the lip oil that turns into a stain. You know, I put it on and then I never checked back how I looked from the rest of the night. So I don't know. But that's why I like it too, Elise, because it's like a stain. It like gets darker and it just stays on your lips. This one, it says tinted lip oil and I feel like it doesn't last long. So now I want this. Is it a stain? Because yours? No, no. That's the one I have. That's the one I have. But like it, it, when the, when the oily part goes away, your lips are still the color. It feels like nothing is on them either. Yes. I think that's what I love love about it. it. Okay. Cool. Okay, that's my that's same happening. favorite product. That's amazing. <laughs> well, you might have answered Good. this question for actually no, you probably didn't. No, yeah. What was your very first job? 
My very first job was at Dunkin'. Well, babysitting. Does that count? Well, I want to hear the Dunkin' Donuts if that's what you're about to say. Dunkin' Donuts and I worked under the table. Under the table? Under the table. I I know what that means, but I physically pictured you sitting underneath the table for (laughs) whatever reason. I wasn't on the payroll. I was just like paid. You were just getting handed cash. Yeah, but I was like – How old were you? Was it because you were young? It was like 15 or 16, yeah, because I was young. Okay. Oh, but like, you oh smell like donuts. You leave there and you smell like you smell like your whole body was just marinating in Blech. like coffee beans. It was Blech. foul, actually. Yeah, that was my first job. Uh, what like, is your job. What is your phone wallpaper? Um, it's like it's like a ski lift. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I'm not that. I think that's another. What's a fun little topic? If you want me to get deep, real quick. I've never skied before, never grew up skiing, but Andrew's a snowboarder. My kids love to ski. I'm 37 years old, and I had to learn how to freaking ski last year so I could keep up with my family, and I I fell on my my butt like 1,500 times, so that was another Um, example of grit and feeling, but yeah. That is real life Right. It's a ski lift because my goal is to get better this year. (laughs) I love that. I I want to go skiing with you. I know. Because we're probably I wanna I wanna watch yeah, you guys but... go skiing together. I know. And that just would be watch so you. Fun. That would be fun. <laughs> I tried oh. snowboarding. It wasn't pretty. Oh yeah. 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 I fall a lot too. It's fine. It's so much cooler. Do you have any repeating dreams? Um, no, not really. Okay. I have None. dreams, okay. but they're not like repeating. Do you? Okay. Yes. I do. Really? A lot of them. Yeah. Wow. But this is not our sort of speed round, so you can't ask that. That's true. What compliment do you hear most online? Oh, God. This is the worst question of all time. I know. I literally don't know. Um, Compliments for me are very hard, and I don't know. Uh, Like your skin is glowing, your eyelashes are so long. I feel like those are things I think about you. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, oh, people tell me they like my house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About me. yeah, yeah. Okay. You have a beautiful house. I love your house. Yeah, we built it like three years ago, so we like poured into it. So, yeah, I get that. That feels fine. Yeah, to that's share. a good one. That's great. <laughs> well, what compliment do you hear most from people in your real life? Um, I mean, She's I think like, it's that a I'm, compliment. That I have determination and grit. <laughs> that, honestly, I think it's a compliment when people tell me that I am like a good mom. I get that a lot. Mm, that's cool. So I that makes that. me feel good. Okay, what is a recent You're not going to hear me talk self- about treats. That <laughs> 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 I have glowing skin. Like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> What's a recent self-realization that you've had? Um, okay. A recent self-realization is that I can do anything that I want. If I really, Oof. really, really try and put my mind to it, literally I can do anything. And it's going to yes. take some sacrifice. It's going to take some hard work and dedication. But if like I choose something and I want to do it, I'm going to freaking do it. Mm. It's a realization. Preach. Preach. 
What is the biggest misconception that people have about you? That I'm a bitch. Probably. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That Um, Enneagram 8 life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, probably. Like I had a couple people come up to me and be like, you know, you come across as like, like maybe a little like harsh or like they won't call me a bitch, but I'm like, well. But that's what they mean. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think that I am. I don't think I don't, I don't think you are at all. I know that no. you're not actually. Good. Yeah. I hope not. Yeah, I think that maybe maybe that. I don't think I am. I think I can be. We need that. But I think we all can be, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> okay, what's a limiting belief that you've had to overcome or are currently overcoming? A limiting belief. Uh when you say speed round, it's like I have to like I know. That's why we call it sort of speed round. (laughs) I know. Eliminating belief. I just said I could do anything I want. Um, But that I guess, I guess like up until I'm realizing that I can do anything I want. But for a long time, I thought I had to, you know, hit certain credentials or like go through these certain steps in order to, are you there? Oh, there you are. Um, let me start over. I thought that I would have to like hit certain credentials or go through certain steps in order to like hit a level of success. And now I realize you can honestly like create your own roadmap to success. And I think for a long time, I thought I had to like go by the book. I guess that's about like since 2020, I've, I've thought a lot of like I think we've all had this realization where we thought that authority figures like doctors and teachers and like, you know, law enforcement, like all had the answers and like we yeah. all had to abide by like the law, you know, like that certain, yeah. like, this code mm-hmm. of, of this is how you get to this point. And I'm realizing that that's not the case at all. And that you have like the answers, like, within and like we were we were born and made with an intuition with gut instincts and we need to rely on them and trust them more often and so for a long time I think limiting beliefs is like listening to other people Hmm. over yourself I think yeah inspire yeah like you have there's love that yeah okay last one what do you need to hear right now that I don't have to make dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I am dead. That's supposed to be like the deepest question. So ready for your answer. You're like, I just, I can't, I can't be making dinner. (laughs) We just can't have dinner be on the to-do list. I just don't want that. That's Um, hilarious. What do I need to hear right now? I need to hear that I am on the right path, that my Mm. family is going to soar and do all of the things that I hope and dream for them to do. And yeah, that like I'm on the right path. That's what I want to know. I want to hear yeah. from somebody like you've you've figured it out and you just need to keep going forth. Mm. I hear it in here, but it's nice to hear yeah. from people. It's yeah. nice and to my, be here. Yeah. My to dad, hear from someone. My dad told me that recently. He was like oh. when we were in Mexico, he was like, I'm proud of you. Um, 
for like continuing on the up the upward spiral because you used to always say that to mm, me. That's cool. And I thought that was really impactful. So. Yeah. Your dad seems like a really cool person with he's the best. a lot of grit and resilience that he passed on to you. <laughs> yeah. He's great. Special. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great answers, Elise. um, Where can people find you and follow along with you in your life? I am on Instagram mostly, um, Elise underscore meter. And that's pretty much it these days. Just (laughs) just on Instagram. Okay. And also, we haven't talked about this for any amount of seconds, but Elise is the sourdough queen. And we gave you a shout out in our last episode about having that genius freebie that you have. So if you want to learn about sourdough starter, you have a freebie and you can just go to her Instagram. We'll put her Instagram in our show notes. But You have a freebie that people can download completely free. That's Sourdough Starter 101. And you're going to have a guide that people can buy, basically sourdough for beginners, right? Yeah. My mom is a baker, but like I got into sourdough and then she started doing it. So she's like really amazing at like scoring and all these incredible things. So this will be a beginner's guide and then we'll have one later that's like a little bit more advanced Ooh, an intermediate expert guide yeah i need the beginner one but i love that you're like have an advanced one too yeah and then you know we can just dabble in all the things but it's such a fun hobby i love it so much yeah you're so good at it and you also sell photography presets. I know you didn't want me to say this, but I'm going to plug all your things. You have beautiful photography presets and you can get those at therootandbud.com, which I'll also put in the show notes for you guys. But we love you so much, Elise. We love you. Thank you you're for amazing. being here. You guys are amazing and I love what you're doing. This is the best podcast ever and I'm oh. so proud of you. I'm proud to know you. Thank Thanks. you. And next time, Andrew's coming on with you. Totally. We got to hear from the Navy fun. SEAL. Yeah. It would be. I'm serious. Yeah, he's scheduling. so cool. Will on here too one day. Yes. We actually have a – oh, maybe that's a secret. I shouldn't say it. We have a plan. We have yes. a plan. I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, I'm here for it. All right. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to subscribe and do the starry things and leave reviews. Leave reviews and, and love and share. Love. All if you love. are enjoying this podcast, it really, really helps us grow the show and um, get more people on here for you guys. So – Love you. See you next week. Love you.